It's September the 22nd, 2022, and this is Tips from the Top episode 918. Tips from the top, from the top floor, tips from the top, all right, from the top floor. <laughs> Hello and welcome, it's Chris, uh, yeah one of these days um four things i want to talk about today nikon raw nerf miniature wonderland and getty let's kick this off with um nikon t about to take over slm solutions slm solutions slm um i believe this is just um uh, a rumor at this point but slm solutions is a company here in lübeck in germany and uh, which is actually not too far from where I live. And they are a company regarding uh, 3D printing solutions. And we're not talking the little printing solutions uh, where, where you melt some plastic and put little plastic sausages on top of each other. No, this is like metal printing uh, with lasers and stuff and high-end stuff. So, yeah, I, I'm not really sure what Nikon wants to do with them. But of course, when we look at, at photographic companies, uh, they all have multiple businesses. It's, it's rare that a company does nothing but photography, especially nowadays. Um, there's commercial businesses. There's, um, the I don't know, Olympus does a lot of medical stuff, for example. Um, of course, many of the, the photo businesses also have printers and so on. So, um, yeah, but uh, the whole 3D space, the whole um, manufacturing, I don't know, X.0 stuff is, 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 is exciting. I find this exciting. So, yeah, that is Nikon. Um, I'll keep an eye on that because I find it interesting. 620 million euros worth um, that takeover. Um, yeah, Nikon. Okay, second one on the list is about noise. Noise in images and noise in video. And um, so this is, <laughs> this is going to be a bit of a nerdy one. But um, okay, so how does denoising work? Right, you have an image, you, t you take a picture with a super high ISO and it's all noisy. It's not that easy to do with today's cameras with the big sensors and the enormous amount of, uh, of dynamic range they have but there is uh, still a, a, a kind of a threshold over which you don't typically want to go when shooting and that differs by cameras and I remember back in in the earlier days of digital SLRs we some cameras wouldn't be good at anything beyond, I don't know, ISO 800 or something, which nowadays is a joke because that really works well. But anyway, denoising. So, um, of course, in the cameras, there's a lot of electronics and there's different kinds of noise. So I'm drastically simplifying here. We're not talking about fixed pattern noise and these kind of things. But in general, you end up with a photo on a memory card and that has noise on it. And then uh, the easiest way to denoise it is... Well, first of all, what is noise? Noise is when neighboring pixels differ drastically in brightness value. If you take a black and white picture with a lot of noise, it's like salt and pepper, right? You have different uh, brightnesses in it and it yeah, it looks like salt and pepper. Um, so a, a, a very classic way of denoising a picture is averaging out neighbor, neighboring pixels to a certain range. So you end up with a 
uh, mushing them together, which does take care of a lot of the noise, but of course it loses sharpness in the picture. So that means you need to, uh, some resharpening at the end of it, which is not perfect because then you end up losing details. And like in skin, for example, you lose pores and things and that makes skin look like plastic wrapped. Or you get a watercolor effect on on pictures. Yeah, it, easy to overdo. Um, then there's other algorithms there, there that employ edge detection. So they only look at the noise in uh, in, in 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 similar areas but the edges where the sharpness is those get kind of excluded and then there's um advanced more advanced uh, denoising which will um for example for raw pictures in lightroom and others uh, other raw developers that 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 those algorithms will go into the individual color channels before the whole demosaicing part of the whole uh, equation takes place and will denoise individual color channels and then combine them later on because the software knows the 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 noise profiles of different color channels um blue or green green has a very different noise profile from the red channel for example or the blue channel and then of course there's ai based denoising now ai based um well not just denoising but recreation of detail that gets lost during denoising because i can do that now so you um you you fill in the blanks that that happen from the from the noise creation all right now um that's all all nice and good and these things are quite effective but um there's now a, a paper that's been released and i will link to the to a video talking about that that talks about raw nerve yeah that was my look. That was look on my face when I first heard that. Raw nerve, nerve, nerve stands for neural radiance fields, which is an AI technique like that lets you combine multiple still photos into a three D scene um, with depth info and everything. And uh, nerve is beginning to pop up in different areas. Um, and then the the depth the the depth in there is very cool, but that also allows you to um well the the raw nerve technique what the, what they do now and i don't fully understand this to be honest uh but it's very impressive they now uh use multiple images not just for generating the 3d but also to denoise the scene so now they combine noise and signal data from multiple images and uh, then take out the noise based on the 3D information. It's very truly stunning what comes out of there. So yeah, the link in the in the show notes is to a two-minute papers video about raw nerve and how they yeah use multiple images and some AI to denoise a scene. Very very uh, very cool and definitely definitely goes into that whole future of photography bucket for sure. Next one is from Hamburg, Germany. Have you heard of the Miniatur Wunderland? Which translates to miniature wonderland, of course. <laughs> it's, all right, so so that place is hmm, it's very hard to explain. You know, you know, you know what a model train set is and some someone spends days and nights in their basements building train sets and putting little people in there and putting 
I don't know, a little moving car here and there and some lights and traffic lights and like building a miniature cityscape, landscape, um, which as a kid, I always wanted that. Never, never. <laughs> my parents were never, uh, they never let me do this or get these kind of things. So I was really, really envious of the neighbor kids. But then it turns out the dad was doing all the, all the, um, all, all the playing and the sun didn't really do much. Anyway, uh, Miniature Wunderland in Hamburg is that, but on steroids. I mean, seriously on steroids. A uh, bunch of people have built a, 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 a hall, a big hall full of, of uh, train sets and roads and landscapes and villages and i've never been there but oh they even have planes uh, taken off and landing all in miniature and it's a very uh, i have to go there once it's sometime sometime in the future i will i will certainly go there people have told me that i i thought it was it would be really cringe but people have told me no this is actually pretty awesome so um, yeah, so um, the video I'm linking in the show notes is, well, partially about the Miniature Wunderland, but it's also about um, the Laowa lens, you know, the the probe lens, you've probably seen that, it's a, it's a macro wide-angle lens that is on a long probe nose kind of thing so you can stick it into things and under things and in between things that you normally can't get lenses through and they they just came out with uh one that is like a periscope it has like a a mirror at the end pretty much so you look around the corner and that lets you look into other spaces and of course these guys at miniature wunderland they need to take photos and video of their uh, creations and of course the cooler the better so going down into the creations with with such a lens is it's pretty awesome so they they demonstrate that and um uh yeah that's fairly fun so at one point in time i'll 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 have to check this out it's not too far it's just a couple of hours from here all right let's get to story numero four which yeah, that one is an interesting one, I think. Um, Getty, Getty Images, the big, big stock, um, well, for, image agency, um, they just banned the sale of AI-generated artwork. So we're talking Stable Diffusion, Dali 2, Mid Journey, and so on. And uh, Getty Images uh, CEO says... And I quote, there are real concerns with respect to the copyright of outputs from these models and unaddressed rights issues with respect to the imagery, the image metadata and those individuals contained within the imagery. All right. So, um, <clears throat> I mean, it, it is clear so far the, the ability to like to copyright AI generated art hasn't really been tested in courts yet. And uh, there's also a lot of debate on the ethics of using, like, artists' work in training sets, in training data sets for, for these AIs without their consent. So, yeah, that debate is still going on. And Ars Technica um, wrote an article that uh, that I'll link in the show notes 
Um, they looked. <laughs> they still found AI-generated work in, in Getty Images Library. So um, there's that. Uh, but I do suspect something a little bit different behind that AI ban. And let's let's look at let's look at Getty first. Um, maybe a bit of the history, especially about how aggressive they were about their their acquisitions, because Getty knows how to take competition out of the market and uh, how to how to increase their own portfolio. Uh, a while ago, they bought iStock Photo. Uh, they bought ImageNet, they bought MediaVast, uh, Wire Image, Corbis Images is now, I think, also part of Getty. And uh, not too long ago, even Unsplash, the free images, uh, license-free image website, unsplash.com. So, yeah, the, the, Getty is a bit, it's a bit hungry, let's put it that way. And they also have a reputation of being quite aggressive when it comes to like pursuing copyright damages. And uh, there are multiple documented cases where um, I, per I, I I'm not a, I'm not a legal expert, but it felt at least in some of these cases as if they were overdoing it quite a bit. Uh, there's a if you if you look at the at the Wikipedia page about Getty Images, mm, there's a, there's an attorney quoted who says that that was a legalized form of extortion, and and then I remembered that uh, 2016 lawsuit. Um, that's where photographer Carol Highsmith sued Getty un unsuccessfully, but she sued Getty because. Um, the story was she had donated her over 100,000 image collection royalty-free to the Library of Congress. And Getty started selling unauthorized licenses for those images. And I, I, I didn't follow it all the way through, so I'm not sure why they, uh, why they got out of that. But, um, and, and by the way, uh, Carol Highsmith, the photographer... Um, she found out about Getty licensing her donated photos because because she had received a demand letter over $120 from a legal firm that represented Getty because she had been displaying her own pictures on her own website. So, uh, yeah. All, I, all I'm trying to say is Getty has, has like all the incentives to thwart competition in general. That's what they do, and AI is a pretty big threat to at least a big part of their business model. I'm not saying AI will replace documentary photography, rather the opposite, but there's so much generic and, and, and even specific stock photography in Getty's possession. And the way, I mean, the way this works right now is that like stock, stock photographers need to anticipate what will be in demand at some time in the future. And then they will have to produce that work and then upload it, keyword it, um, make sure it it is findable on the stock websites and then hope that there will be demand for these photos. And of course, I mean, this all hinges, well, A, it all hinges on 
on their like gut feel and knowledge of the events that will come that will need stock photography and uh the the the, the stock sites are like like they are like a, like an important part of this whole thing and of course it all takes time it's not and not just the photography itself but then you know the agencies and businesses who need those photos they will need time to to work on their own projects based on those photos so um, simplest example is holiday stuff <laughs> holiday campaigns need stock of snow and santa and whatever and there, there's calendars there's postcards there's like all sorts of stuff that needs stock photography and by the way which is why christmas stock photography is shot in summer preferably somewhere in the arctic where it's snowy uh, and summer stock photography for the northern hemisphere gets produced in winter for example in new zealand that's just the reality of it so um there's a whole industry that makes their income based on some what generic stock and ai generated artists is here to threaten that industry big time and of course i mean those who make most of the money are the ones selling you those stock photography products. It's, it really compares to the gold rush. The people who made the most money during the gold rush were not the ones shoveling dirt to find gold nuggets. It was the ones selling them the shovels. And, and before anyone says AI-generated photography isn't good enough, yes, Right now, you can still often see the artifacts in the in the generated images. You can still typically tell, um, but we are at the very early beginnings of this whole development. Very early. I mean, do you remember the two megapixel camera in the first iPhone fifteen years ago? I mean, look at look at your smartphone now and what it can do. And today's AI development is develops even faster it has an exponential trajectory so getty knows that and they will fight it tooth and nail so honestly i would have been surprised had they not banned ai art from their library And that was it for this episode of Tips from the Top. Well, thanks so, so much. Thank you. <laughs> Too fast. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for being subscribed. And as always, you can leave your feedback for the show at tfttf.com slash hi. That's tfttf.com slash hi. And yeah, you can write, you can record something, you can attach a file. It's all there. And no one has done this so uh, for, for this week. No one has left any feedback for me. I'm, I'm, I'm speechless. <laughs> now leave your feedback at tfttf.com slash hi. I really love to hear your voices on the show, um, be it written, spoken. Spoken is nicer. Spoken is nicer. But hey, written is cool too. So yeah, go to tfttf.com slash hi. Also, follow Tips from the Top Floor on Twitter at TFTTFPhoto. That's TFTTFPHOTO. 
And uh, as always, if you can, if you have the means to do so, um, please support the show at Patreon. Your continued support makes a big difference. It's at tfttf.com slash Patreon. That's tfttf.com slash Patreon. Thank you so much. I remember that I told you that and now, uh, what are you waiting for? Go out and take amazing photos. Be super nice to each other. And of course, happy shooting. Happy shooting.